Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. How did you distinguish that for yourself? Was that something that was just has been with you your whole life, or was that part of the process? Like, what tools did you use to? understand and distinguish all of those things that you just said um you mean about like reimagining what yeah. my future is like like creating uh-huh. it because you have an yeah. amazing story so you you definitely have a lot of tools in your tool chest yeah well i mean you know i guess first and foremost it just comes from like the type of person that i am i've never been somebody who um takes takes things um you know laying down I guess you can say, like, if I'm faced with a challenge, I'm always like, you know, nobody's going to get me. <laughs> I'm going to do this, you know? And so um, I just don't want to, and I just didn't want to be, I just never wanted to have like a miserable life, you know? I've always gone after the things I wanted. And, you know, I think that the hardest thing for me in this entire thing was not knowing what I wanted. You know, I've always been the type of person who could, like laser focus and be like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I would just go for it. And the biggest struggle and the hardest thing for me was not knowing where I was going or what direction I was moving towards. And, you know, I felt very lost for a while. And so um, that feeling is what motivated me to find myself because when you feel lost and you don't know what you want or what you want to do, like the next step is to say, okay, well, if I feel lost, then I need to start finding something. And, you know, I started searching. I just started searching for friends. I mean, that that sounds kind of pathetic, but, you know, I started making new friends and like women around me. And I started learning about like female friendships and how valuable they are. I started, you know, um, re kind of invigorating old hobbies and discovering new hobbies that allowed me to fill my time in more positive constructive ways. Um, I started, you know, dating again, which was like, you know, really great. And also like, you know, you, you face a lot of like your insecurities, you know, you can work so much on yourself, but like when you, when you have a lot of trauma that's around a relationship, you know, and then you try and have another relationship, there's a lot of like insecurities and, um, feelings that come up while you're like going through that process. So that was, I, I think that was really beneficial for me because it allowed me to work through some of those feelings, you know, I mean, I can't say that, you know, I'm at the end of my journey, you know, I'm still really kind of at the beginning kind of middle part of it. But, um, you know, I think that it was just a, something inside me told me that this, there's no way that this is going to define me. And this isn't when it, where my life is going to end. And I think I just decided at a very early point that this was going to be not an ending, but a new beginning for me. And your story has a lot of that. It has a lot of turning this into an opportunity as opposed to being victim of what are some of the things that you did? I know that you've done a bunch of stuff and you, you created this entire community. You have a lot of people that, that listen to what you have to say and you contribute and it's from the heart. Yeah. I, you know, there was, so I think that there were like actions that I took 
that allowed me to heal and like progress through my journey. But there was also, I think the most important thing that I learned was to be authentically myself. And I wasn't, and during my marriage and for probably the last, you know, 12 years of my life, not now, but like until 2016, I just wasn't myself. I was trying to be something else. You know, I felt like, you know, I'm from Florida and I came, grew up in a small town and I always had visions of go, living in a big city and working in entertainment and being this career woman. And so I kind of relinquished all of my background and moved to a big city and kind of in my head, I was like, okay, now I'm going to be this girl, this like thing that I imagined in my head. And I became that girl. Like, you know, I guess that's that just like who I am. Like when I set my mind to something, I just like do it and I go after it. And then after a while, I think that I realized that that girl that I imagined in my head actually wasn't me you know, and when I was having problems or I was having issues, I never turned to anybody for support. I always like internalized them and I didn't want to ever allow anybody to see any of my imperfections. Like I only wanted everybody to see how great my life was, how successful my career was, how amazing my kids were. And I never even, I didn't even recognize the bad stuff, even in myself or the things that were happening around me. I would just like like kind of like brush them off and make excuses and just say, well, this is accept those things instead of questioning those things. And I think that um, the biggest thing that I learned was to not live like that being living in this like per, quote unquote perfect ideology actually is super damaging and doesn't act, doesn't allow you to have real vulnerable relationships with friends or family or anybody because you're never really yourself. And you, for me, when I, when things kind of blew up and I really needed levels of support, you know, I was able to find them because I was honest, you know, I was so broken that like all of those preconceived protective, perfect things inside me, like went out the window. And I was just like blubbering everywhere to anybody who would listen about like how horrible my life was and how I didn't know what was going to happen. And, um, you know, it was that when I started doing that, that's when I really started receiving the benefits of true friendship and really opening myself up to deeper relationships and, more authentic, um, communication. And, um, it just was, it changed everything. It changed my whole outlook on life. And the more that I became, the more I shared my honest truth, the more it resonated with me and with everybody around me. And so for me, it was like the most important thing is just to be like authentically yourself and not be afraid to share things that are happening with you, with the people around you, because like everybody needs support in life. You know, everybody needs to be able to say, oh, this really messed up thing happened to me. And I don't really even know how to feel about it. And then you can talk about it and you can realize maybe it wasn't so messed up or maybe it was more messed up than you thought it was. But having that sounding board and at least being able to like recognize and vocalize those feelings and not being afraid of like being judged or what somebody is going to think or not being quote unquote perfect 
Like none of that stuff really matters. It doesn't actually even exist. You know, it just is this like I thinking that you think in your head, but like nobody's actually doing that. And when you ask for their support, you'll be surprised at what you find once you do it. How scary is it to be vulnerable? Oh my gosh, it's so scary. I mean, probably the bravest, scariest thing you can do, you know, in any, in any, like even just being vulnerable in a relationship or with a friendship or on a public platform, you know, just being, and you, and, and when you're vulnerable, you open yourself up to criticism, you know, and you have to be able to handle that also. Um, and not that I've gotten a lot of it, but I have gotten uh, some and just, but I also think that when you, when you are speaking from your heart and you are speaking so authentically and honest that when you receive criticism, you can't, it's almost like it becomes your, like your battle shield because no, like somebody might criticize you, but when you're speaking from your truth, then it's, it, you kind of, I don't know how to say, it. it's almost like this, like this backbone where you're not doubting. You can't, you don't really, for me, I don't really doubt. Like, I know that that, those feelings are true. So if somebody wants to criticize me about them, well, then that's their kind of thing. But they can't tell me that how I feel is wrong. Do you know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. You have a platform to stand on so nobody can knock you off because it's like, this is what I stand for. Yeah. So you can have an opinion and the space to have an opinion and the space to disagree with me can exist. But Mm -hmm. what will not stop existing is my commitment to what this is. Yeah. yeah. And the, the commitment to the fact that this is what happened to me and this is how I dealt with it. And these are the feelings that surrounded it. And these are the things that I learned from it. And you can criticize and somebody can criticize all of those things, but they can't take that away from me. They can't take away my journey, you know, and my story. Yeah. Like, so it almost becomes this, like this battle shield that you, you can like kind of stand behind because truth is and honesty is such a powerful thing. Like it really is like, it really becomes this, you know, this like platform for you to stand on, you know? And I, I always encourage people to like be authentic and raw and vulnerable because like, that's kind of how, you know, that's kind of like where the basis of like happiness starts, you know? Yeah. When you commit to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, everybody always says like, oh, you know, you can't, love somebody until you love yourself. And I always really kind of, when somebody would say that, I'd always kind of get like a little cringy inside and like kind of roll my eyes internally and be like, whatever, you know, but I never really realized the truth behind those words because, um, it's so, it is so true. Like, I think that a lot of people, myself included, you know, I didn't do the things in my marriage that I could have done to make myself happy, you know? Or are you just taking the time? I had a lot of guilt about, you know, raising children and the amount I needed to be available for them. And I really put myself last on the totem pole, you know. And um, the one thing that I did learn was really to take some time for myself and to care for myself and really learn the things about myself that are that make me me and be unapologetically me, you know, even if it means like, you know, like for instance, I have a back patio and I have like a, like I have this like really nice like couch that, um, that like looks great and like a fire pit that looks great. And I take 
like the beach chairs and I sit them on the porch and I sit on the beach chair. Like, I don't want to sit on like the fancy couch because I like the beach chair much better, you know, whereas I used to be like, oh, well, I, I want to be this like fancy girl and I want to be this like, you know, so I'm going to sit on the fancy couch. But there comes just a point where you just realize these things like I'm not a fancy couch kind of girl. I'm like a beach chair kind of girl, you know, and I prefer to lay in a beach chair. And that is totally okay. And like you might want to lay on a fancy couch and that's good. I respect you for liking fancy couches. But for me, I prefer beach chairs, you know, and just kind of being okay with like with those kinds of things, you know. And unapologetic about it. I think that you draw up a really valid point. When you're inside the relationship, you do apologize. You do uh, try to compromise and do different things. What would you do differently, knowing what you know now, back in those days? Would you have put yourself first more often? Would that have made a difference? I mean, you know, I don't... I don't, I don't have any regrets on how things turned out. So, um, I don't know if it would have made a difference, but I definitely would have changed some things about my behavior for sure. Number one, I would have definitely, um, given myself the opportunity to take care of myself. You know, I had always been, I I would always work out, you know, but I wasn't, I just didn't feel good about myself. I didn't take time for myself, you know? There were times that I needed just an hour or two just for myself. And I felt too guilty and shameful. And I made all these excuses in my head like, oh, well, my ex can't handle the two kids or, you know, oh, I have to be there or whatever, you know. And I think that I think that as women, like we kind of become like kind of like a bit controlling in our family, like everybody needs us because, you know, it originally they really do. But it isn't until, hold on, let me get this, my cat is infiltrating. Uh, if you feel like everybody needs you. And so you feel like you always have to be present for everybody at all times, which doesn't allow you to take the time necessary for yourself to create your own happiness, you know? And so um, I just, I think I would have taken more time for myself to create my own happiness because I was constantly giving to everybody around me but I did, I wasn't like pouring back into me and that created a lot of resentment. Whereas like when my ex-husband would go and do something for himself, I wouldn't look at that like, oh, I'm so glad he's taking care of himself. I would look at that like very resentful and say, you know, he's not here. I have to do everything. You know what I mean? Instead of like planning a birthday party for myself and saying, you know what, this is what I really want to do and I'm going to make it happen. It's going to be a great day for me. I would like rely on my ex to plan something. I wouldn't communicate what I wanted. I had high expectations and I was constantly disappointed and vocalized my disappointment on a consistent basis, you know? So I think like the number one thing I would have done was be not be afraid to pour back into myself, just like I was pouring into everybody around me. And it would have changed the relationship, um, uh, the dynamic within the relationship had I done so. And, you know, once you're divorced, you know, you're, you know, at least for me, my ex ended up taking the kids pretty much, you know, half the time right from the jump. So, you know, these fears that I had of like, he can't handle it or, you know, they need me. It's like all of a sudden you realize like, oh, crap, like it doesn't matter any of these things. A, they're not true. And B, um, now I don't even get a choice in it. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wish that I would have like helped. And it, and really it, I was, I was taking away from his relationship from his kids. Mind you, he could have also been more proactive, you know, but I, I was taking away from the relation, the potent, the relationship that he could have had with his kids by being like that, you know? So I definitely would have done that. Um, the other thing I would have done is I just would have been, I would have stopped asking for permission on the big life choices that I wanted to make for myself. You know, there were times that I was working and I was super unhappy and I wanted to quit and I would go to my ex-husband and I would say, I hate this. I really want to, you know, do, I want to, you want to do this or I want to like change gears and I want to like try a different career path. And I felt like I had to ask him permission. And when he didn't give me that permission, I was like, felt defeated. And I like kind of took on a victim mentality of like, I'm not allowed to do this. And in hindsight, like, I wish I just would have done it. You know, I wish I would have taken more power in the relationship and said, you know what? No, I'm not going to ask you. This is what I'm going to do. And that probably would have led to more, you know, probably more arguments and in a different direction, maybe would have led us in the same direction. Um, But I just wish I would have kind of taken just more ownership of my life and myself and not be so like sacrificial in all of it. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.